Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Kardak Radio, presenting the program Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Hello and good evening, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Mountain, and 4 o'clock Pacific, where I am in Bainbridge Island next to Seattle. And tonight, on July 30th, we are talking about helping the newly dead pass over the spirit world around us with myself, Brian Foster. I have been with Spiritism for quite a few years now. I have a blog on nwspiritism.com. I also, again, at nwspiritism.com, we have a, a small little spiritual center here on Bainbridge Island. And if you wish to call in, you can or first you can do things. We are we are actually showing this program on three different areas. You can it's on Blog Talk Radio. You can call in and actually speak at 858-769-4705. Again, that number is 858-769-4705. You can also go on to the live broadcast. We're, we're streaming on Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. That's a Facebook group. Uh, again, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, I'm in Bainbridge Island, close to Seattle. You can type in questions. Tonight, our program is helping the newly dead pass over the spirit world around us. So this is going to be interesting. I think people are going to enjoy uh, this program because it's really talking about what happens when we pass over, right? It's not like a big deal. I mean, this is a great thing about being a spiritist. It's, It's not like... It's, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm dead. I'm going to change. I'm going to lose all my memories. No, spiritism tells us that we, no, this is good and bad in this, right? We are are who we are when we pass over, right? We don't miraculously change into this angelic being. We don't, we don't change into this terrible person. We, We are who we are. If we were a good, decent person beforehand, we still remain a good, decent. If we were a little bit shady and not too trustworthy. Well, unfortunately, we are the same when we pass over to the spirit realm. The spirit realm, our real world. Why are we here on earth? We are here on earth to learn, to take courses, just like when you were in college or high school, junior high, whatever, you would go to a course, the bell would ring, you would go to your next course. Now, our life's like that, isn't it? We have episodes. Things things happen, right? A wedding or or some tragedy or someone in your family sick. You take care of them for a while. Then the next thing occurs. And this all about learning experiences. It's, it, but at the end, we go back, right? And we say, okay, we finished that course. What did we learn? How did we do? And this, this program today is all about how it how the spirit world helps the newly passed over. And I've written a lot about this on my blog and also on uh, my books I've done, uh, The Case for Reincarnation. In fact, you can actually go to my blog, nwspiritism.com, and you can see articles about it. You can actually put in the search uh, section, or you can also click on the right-hand navigation 
side, there's my book, uh, The Case for Reincarnation, Explore Your Destiny, which is, again, tells about the different levels, different areas, different spheres around our earth, the, the umbrella, the lower zone in English, the uh, heaven, the dark abyss, which is some people consider a type of hell. It's really not. Hell is permanent as, as the definition of the word. It's not, uh, it, in, according to spiritism, it's always temporary. Whatever we are is temporary. Everything depends on our character and our attitude, right? So we please remember that. Also, on my blog, I recommend for everybody who's new to spiritism, really wants to understand spiritism, if you click on the image of Alan Kardec, it's on the top right hand, it will take you to the EDICEI bookstore, and you can find You can also find it on Amazon and also PDF. You can find all his books, all those five major books, on PDF for free. But read the Spirit's books, uh, the Spirit book first. Uh, it's a wonderful book. And I also have on my Facebook site, if you're looking at Facebook Live right now, if you go to the file section, I have uh, Spiritism 101, the third revelation. I have that actually on PDF for free. It's 99 cents on Kindle, I think 5.99 or something on paperbacking by on my blog, but it's on my um, it's on my Facebook group book uh, for free. There's also a lot of stuff on the file sections that put in by different people. So you can find a lot of things for for no cost on Facebook and you know throughout the web on Spiritism. Okay. So let's start into how the spirit world helps us move over, right? Pass over from our physical body, right? First, what are we? We are composed of three things. We are composed of a spirit, right? A pair of spirit in our physical body right now. The spirit is your back to your body. It's like an invisible covering, right? It's like you're a saran wrap. And it, it really kind of gets into every part of every cells, right? Every major area of your body. But they talk about the seven crown centers, which, again, it's like the seven chakras. And that connects you to your physical body. So we are our physical body, when we come to Earth, our physical body is programmed to end at a certain time. Now, that can change depending on what the spirit world wants. But let's say, for sake of argument, it is ends. Let's say it was, you know, for let's say for me, it's when I'm, you know, 65 or whatever uh, in April. Well, when I, at that time comes, I will my pair of spirit prepare and it will, it will disconnect from my my physical body. My physical body will start uh, deteriorating, right, and going back back to the earth. Of course, that's nothing. That's all it is. It's, it's a cocoon. It's like wearing a diving suit. And you take you're out of the water, and you go, oh, that's great, right? Because you you hear about spirits, and they say, oh, you know, being a physical body is just you know something else. In fact, Socrates said, you know, being a human on Earth is you know it's, it's almost impossible to think. There's a thousand things coming at you all the time, so it's really uh, a good thing when you when uh, you pass over and get get to the real world. So let's get back to how people are helped. In their uh, in their journey from their physical body to their spirit back to the spiritual world. So 
You see this subject in quite a, uh, quite a lot of places, especially in the books of Andre Luis. But I want to start with, uh, in the book by Andre Luis, of course, always read No Solar first, a great book. But there's an interesting section from the Reverend G. Val Owens' uh, mother, in Life Beyond the Veil, it's his book. It's a collection of actually four books they put together. And his mother, he's at the first spirit he actually started talking to, talks about the assistance given to the newly dead. And this is what she says. Now let us see if we can impress you to write a few words on the condition which we found when we arrived here. The conditions, that is, of those who pass over when they first arrive. They are not, and of course, she's in one of the lower levels of, of heaven. What sphere? I'm not quite sure. They are not of an equal degree of spiritual development, of course, and therefore require different treatment. Many, as you know, do not realize for some time the fact that they are what they would call dead because they find themselves alive and with a body. And their previous vague notions of after-death state are not by any means lightly thrown away, which is a great point, right? If, you know, we grew up, we think, oh, heaven... We should be here, there should be clouds, there should be heart music, you know, there should be Jesus right there, or at least St. Peter, for heaven's sakes, meet me at the door. Well, that's not the way, really, what Spiritism tells us. It, it, it's still wonderful, right, uh, for, for many of us. Some, maybe not so wonderful, but it's, you know, if you live a good life, and you'll be surrounded by your friends from the spirit, those who have passed over already. And, uh, it will be, you'll be helped, right? Because just like birth, when a, a baby's born, it's, you know, what the heck just happened? The same thing as when you, you die. It's like you're, you're reborn again, right? So it, you're going to go through a period. And I'll talk about that because there's a great section in one of the others, Louise books about a spirit who just passed over, what he felt. So as we have seen in spiritual literature, among those who have slight inclination or knowledge are quite, you know, they're quite rightly confused. Even those who are spiritual and practice one of the religions are often taken aback. Most are taught that we become another being are sent to heaven right away in the form of an angel. We cast not only our bodies, but our basic characteristics and are transformed to graceful and noble entities. Imagine the surprise when we find out we are who we are. Right? That's an that's amazing thing. So Val and his mother, he takes us through the regular process to wake up the confused soul who has come over to the spirit realm. This is what she says. She says, the first thing to do then with such as those is to help them realize the fact that they are no more in the earth life. And to do this, we employ methods. One is to ask them whether they remember some friend or relative. And when they reply that they do so, but that he is dead, he or she is dead, we try and enable them to see this particular spirit who appearing alive to convince the doubter that he is really passed over. This is not always the case, for our ingrained fallacies are obstinate, and so we try another method. We take him to some scene on earth with which he is familiar, and show him those whom he has left behind, and the difference in his state and theirs. If this should fail, then we bring to his recollection the last experiences he underwent, before passing and gradually leading, lead up to them when he fell asleep. Then we try to connect up to that moment with his awakening here. All, if, if all these endeavors fail, more often than you would imagine, for characters build up year by year, 
and ideas which go to help in this building become very firmly embedded in that person's character. Also, we have to be very careful not to overtax him or it would delay his enlightenment. Sometimes, however, in the case of those who are more enlightened, they realize immediately they're passed into the spirit land and then our work is easy. Very interesting, is it not? Our work is easy. Amazing when when they when they say that 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 uh, that can be that's a big thing. So the last thing that most of us expect is when we die is the continuation of what we were before death. And Andre Louis wished to explore exactly how a spiritually aware person felt after the death. And in the book Workers of the Life Eternal, psychographed by Chico Xavier, again you can get that on the EDICEI bookstore. Uh, just click on the picture of of, uh, of Alan Kardec on the top right hand of my blog, nwspiritism.com or you can also get it on, of course, on Amazon. So Andre Luis is given permission to ask questions of a guy named Demas. He just passed away. And Demas was a untiring medium. He worked for the good of incarnates and discarnates, and hence Andre was part of a spirit team who was sent to help Demas disconnect from his physical life. It is worth noting that one of the main obstacles was the desire of his family for him to recover and once more be part of their life. The thought emanating from Demas's wife and children kept him tied to earth. The spirit team had to resort to the camouflage of making Demas appear to recover so his family would leave the spirit team a few hours of peace to begin the process to bring Demas over to the spirit room. Now, we hear this a lot, right? We, if you read spiritual literature, you'll read that people's thoughts say, oh, you know, grandma, grandma, don't go, don't go, or someone, you know, it, it actually makes it more difficult for that person to leave because, of course, thought is action. Thoughts are real in the spirit world. And therefore, if someone has passed over, don't, don't regret, oh, I was that person you know, never passed over. I missed someone. It's, it's best for your thought to say, Pray for them and say, oh, congratulations, you're now in the spirit world. I hope everything's fine. We love you. We pray for you all every day. Hope you recover. Hope you recover quick. You know, get your spirit back up. No no double entendre uh, intended. And, you know, make yourself feel better. But be happy. Be positive for that that person. So we carry on with Demas because, of course, Andre Luis reveals all these great things. And it's, it's wonderful to read about him. So upon his death, Demas was placed in the coffin, and next, the coffin was taken to the cemetery, where the funeral procession included at least 20 discarnates. Well, these are 20 spirits, right? Including the newly departed. So Demas right there, walking along, right? Walking along right with him. At the cemetery, where his coffin containing his remains is being buried, and Andre asks his director if he can pose some questions to Demas. And the director gives his permission to explore more of what it feels like to be newly dead. So Andre turns to Demas and says, Okay, can I ask you some questions? And, and Andre says, are you still experiencing any physical pain? And Demas says, I still have a clear impression of the body I just left behind, he responded politely. But I have noticed that in wishing to remain close to my own loved ones and to continue on where I had been for so many years, I relive all the suffering that I endured. However, when I resigned myself to accepting the higher designs, I immediately feel lighter and comforted despite the short amount of time that I have been awake. 
I've already been able to make such an observation. And then Andrew says, well, what about the five senses? He says, they're all in perfect working order. And he goes, do you feel hunger? Because I can actually tell that my stomach is empty, and I'd be glad if I had something to eat. But this physical desire is neither uncomfortable nor, nor torturing. And thirst goes, yes, although I do not suffer because of it. How interesting. So we're preparing it. So as, as usual, Andre poses the question we'd all like to know. And there's an enormous number of gems and information in each one of Andre's books. And I encourage our readers to discover more about the spirit world by reading the books of Andre Luis, starting, of course, with Noso Lar. That was also a movie. You can call, look it up by Noso, N-O-S-S-O, uh, space Lar, L-A-R, means our home in Portuguese. And it's all about the story, uh, story of his death and eventual rescue from the lower zone, or Umbra in Portuguese, Umbra, to his time at the celestial city at Nosolar. So, another example, here's another example of a soul who just passed over. So, Andre's, uh, I'm sorry, Val Owen's mother, let me get these people, let me make sure I have the right uh, person I'm talking about. Andre Luis's mother talks about they arrived. She was a, she was, and a group were sent to assist a woman who was on the cusp of passing over. Right, they arrived to see the dying lady surrounded by sad friends. All were extremely sore, extremely sorry to see her leave the earth. And this is what she she starts. She fell asleep. This is the lady who was uh, being ready to depart. The cord of life was severed. By her watching friends, and then softly they awoke her. So she was actually was dead, right? But then they woke her because she thought she had, you know, you know, what do people think? You know, they they lose their physical power, and they kind of have to be woke up. It's like a baby has to be like, okay, hello, you're you're in the physical life now. And she looked up and smiled very sweetly at the kind face of one who leaned over her. She lay there perfectly happy and content. And she began to wonder why these strange faces were around her in place of the nurses and friends she had last seen. She inquired where she was, and she was told, and a look of wonder and yearning came over her face, and she asked to be allowed to see the friends she left. This was granted her, and she looked on them through the veil and, and shook her head sadly. If only they could know how free from pain I am now and comfortable. Can you not tell them? We tried to do so, but only one of them heard, I think, and he only imperfectly and soon put it away as a fancy. So, let me stop there for a second. How many times have we had, like, where we thought someone said something in our head, and we go, ah, no, it doesn't, no, it can't be right. And and I think what spiritism does is, as you learn about spiritism, and, and you learn to be more open, to understand the signals and the signs that are given to you, that you can, you know, you can start understanding when these little things are said to you, right? Of course, anything that you think is said to you that goes against your conscience is not from a uh, a, a mature, higher level spirit, right? Because sometimes inferior spirits will will talk to you, but and that's why if it goes against your conscience, always uh, you know filter that out, forget it. But there's a lot of these things that don't. A lot of these things will, will open doors for you and give you ideas. So um, think about these things, right? And the more you get into spiritism, write down what you think that someone told you. Write down what you what you thought were very real dreams. Because, of course, when you dream, uh, 
your your uh, physical your spirit can leave your your body and go you know go around so and talk to other spirits sometimes very you know edifying sometimes not so edifying so we finished what her scene was. So we took her from that scene, and after she had somewhat gained strength to a children's school where her little boy was, and she saw him, her joy was too great for words. He had passed over some few years before and had been placed in the school where he had lived ever since. Then the child became instructor to his mother, and this sight was a pretty one to see. He led her about the school on the ground to show her the different places with delight, and so did the mother's. We left her a while, and then when we returned, we found those two sitting in an arbor, and she was telling him about those she had left behind. And he was telling her of those who had come before and whom he had met of his life in the school. And it was as much as we could do to tear her away with a promise that she should return soon and often to the boy. So, to those who, when you read that, you say, well, mother was taking from her child. You know, don't worry. That's, she was taken to a place where she could recuperate, right? You can't just you know, most people, I'm sure some spirits could, you know, you die and you're, you're ready, you know, ready for whatever. It takes you a while to recuperate. And it's, it's, so they had to take her, let her have a process, just until intended to calm the stresses that are coming back, the spirit form, make her ready to restart a true life as a spirit. Now, there's a good story here, but first I just want to uh, come back and say, if you have any questions, don't, don't, uh, Hesitate to write them on the, the screen. I can look at the comments. And also, you can certainly call in at 858-769-4705. Again, that's 858-769-4705. And I appreciate anyone who wants to ask questions. That'd be, that would be wonderful. So, let us go back. Let me take a drink of water real quick. So there's a lot of examples from books by Chico Xavier, you know, from um, Beyond the Veil by G. Val Owen, and in from the 1850s all the way to the present, you know, 1850s when Alan Kardec first codified Spiritism, we've been given a clear and precise picture of what death really is. It's just a, it's just a transition, a transformation. It's a getting out of that physical body and back to where you, you had. Now, interestingly, when I started talking about this, I got a series of emails from a medium who had retained memories of her previous life. And she read my blog and was fascinated with how close spiritism was to her own experiences. And it's amazing. Of course, in the United States, you say the name of Alec Kardec, they go, who? Chico Xavier, who? Right? Most people haven't really read the, uh, the Doctrine of Spiritism. And then she read the book, No So Large. She goes, oh, my God, there's other people. And it was amazing. Um, she it would open a whole new world for her because the team, <clears throat> the, uh, the team of spirit helpers were responsible for rescuing Andre Luis, the spirit who dictated the book to Chico Xavier about his time of, of his death and his time in the lower zone and his subsequent life in the celestial city of Nosolar. It's, it's called the book, but it's also the city, which is above Rio. So she read this and she wrote me, goes, you know, my, this is what she said. She goes, my most recent adventure involved reading Chico Xavier's Nosolar. As someone who remembers being a helper, it was exciting to see 
home identified. I thought I was the only one who knew about our remembered home. And when she means home, she means a celestial city. I don't know if she meant the same one, but there's celestial cities above all you know, major areas. I must, and this is, she goes, I must have worked there for hundreds of years helping spirits. Then I came back to learn some new things for a couple of short lifetimes plus this one. Anyway, I want to vouch for home as reality. The details about its structure might vary, but it is an amazing place of love. And from home, you can access any place on earth. It is not uncommon for people who have touched Reach the helper level to enter the dreams of the embodied, which can be done directly from home to offer help and advice. So here, here is a woman, Chris, her, her name. She's a, a, a wonderful person. Here is a person that reads about spirits and goes, oh, my heavens, I'm, I'm not crazy. Or, I don't think she ever said that, because she, she had faith in her own, her own memories. But she knew... And she had memories of helping other people, just like they showed in Chico Xavier's books, the whole Andre Luis, uh, Luis series. So and she found verification of her own ideas and memories. And she, she did write to say that unlike Andre's experience, where he spent time in the lower zone, not all people experience this frightening episode after death, which, I, of course, I told her, yes, right? It all depends on your own spiritual, your own mind frame, your own spiritual level, it all depends on you. Um, but then, So this is what she wrote. Because one item that I feel needs a minor correction regards the purgatory-like experience of Andre Luis. Prior to his going home, he experienced a dark, scary landscape. But I want people to know that the arrival zone is different for everyone. Yes, ab- she's absolutely right. And I, I wrote her back. It will basically be your own mind-created object with sudden or unexpected death. People often don't know they have crossed over. They look for familiarity, and their own mind creates that for them. The good news is that sometimes someone like me, what I used to do anyway, will meet you where you are and help you through the process. So yes, that will, of course, and amazing. Also, I just recently read in one of the uh, Beyond the Veil, is that these people don't even know the power of their minds right now. A lot of people in spiritism and spirituality will say, well, you know, your whole universe is all created in your mind. Well, there's some truth to that, but really what it is, we're on earth to train our minds to think good thoughts, to think healthy, positive thoughts, right? Otherwise, we're not allowed to go, to go, you know, other places. But the spirit world, the spirit realm really works to help us get in tune with how other people think, right? Because imagine if everybody thought completely different landscape, completely different. You'd have, you'd have trillions and trillions of different little universes, right? Different little areas. And actually, that's not how it works. You, you with the law of affinity and with you being exposed to thoughts, you, you kind of go where the other ones are like you and you kind of conform to that environment. And then as your mind raises, right, or, or lowers, you will then kind of Automatically rise or lower to those to those areas. So, of course, this is very interesting. So, she, you know, it's, of course, she's completely booked. And, and Andre Louise's book, there are many instances of spirit helpers assisting people right from their deathbeds in other locations. And Andre Louise was in the lower zone or the umbral because he was in an unconscious suicide. He was there because of certain circumstances. And of course, in the case of suicide. The spirit who takes his own life is generally obligated to remain in the imbalance at such time as their normal death would have occurred. 
Hence, the spirit world frowns on people leaving the earthly campus before you're dismissed. And in Andre's case, he didn't deliberately kill himself, but he allowed his behavior, drinking, and uh, I think he had syphilis to cut his life short. Hence, he unconsciously committed suicide. And the second lesson is not only must we finish the classes assigned to us, but we have to take care of the materials we are given, which is our bodies, right? How many times you went to school and said, oh, you know, make a book cover, don't, don't destroy that book, right? That's what we are. We are essentially book covers, our physical bodies. We've got to take care of them. So then she also wrote, we were writing back and forth. And she, I said, well, you know, tell me more. This is interesting. She goes, well, because I remember many instances of having to adjust my vibration to see what the new arrival was seeing. People often see their place of work or their home or the beach or hell if they think that's where they're going. I had to help them through that. So, for instance, one man wanted to find his office, so I helped him. And while we located his office, at some point in the time is right, I'd always ask, do you remember what you were doing just before you met me here? The conversation would eventually lead them to the realization that they had passed on to the next life. Then and only then could I lead them to home, which is, uh, you know, her work for the celestial city. For what amounted to sessions with a social worker examining her lives, it wasn't judgmental. It was like what went well, what could have been better, etc. And sometimes I felt bad when people were sent back, which would only happen after the counselor and person both agreed that this was for the best. So again, NDEs. NDEs. I mean, what they, most of them, not all of them, have in common, right? You go up and your life is, is, is looked at by a group of spirits. You're not made to feel like, oh, that was stupid, right? You're, you're, made to feel, you're made to feel like, oh, okay, this is what I did. This is what I can do better. You're given pictures, not just pictures, but 3D rec- recreations with your own mindset, what other people are thinking, everything. You're given that for you can actually learn something, right? It's a, it's a post-mortem, right? This is probably a perfect uh, use of that word, of what your life was like and what you went through. So then she said, I also remember a, was a very take-charge, upper-class kind of man who mostly sneered and barked orders at me as he tried to find his way to unfamiliar surroundings, to, to familiar surroundings. I just smiled and helped. And eventually the question, the realization and then we go home. It was always home. Again, what she has written is not only verified by other accounts of spiritual letter, but these types of friendly after-the-fact life reviews, as I said before, are a constant theme of people's visions, near-death experiences, or other experiences. And I wrote that the last person she mentions could have been me before my rough edges were softened by my discovery of spiritism, although my wife might have a, a different view, right? I wish I could see myself trying to order spiritual and do my bidding, think that I had to take charge of every situation. So then she she wrote me back, wonderful woman, just amazing. Said okay, and she um, she ex- expanded on her uh, experience and and this gentleman he goes goes well time doesn't mean much when you're home, but the incident I referred to was probably in the 1800s, maybe. Because the gentleman was a victim of an accident on the selling ship. Oh, I this. And he wanted, and he saw me, and he found himself on shore looking out at water. And he saw me and demanded I summon a carriage to take him into town. 
I could just see that, right? I'm going to make a good movie. He, goes, he wanted to get in touch with his family and tell them what happened. He was kind of surly in a way that people who expect others to jump when they speak tend to be. So I explained in a loving, compassionate way that his transportation would soon be along. And why don't we talk Why we wait? So <laughs> he complained about the lack of service and the general incompetence of others, along with my perceived lack of helpfulness. And we sat on the hillside and waited. And he talked a bit of his life. And I don't remember the details, though. He eventually calmed down, though still frustrated. And I asked the question, do you remember what you were doing just before you met me here? And he thought about that for a while, being on the ship and how it healed over and he got knocked into the water. And he thought, well, do you remember how you got here? He goes, no, I, I don't remember. I, I, I swam to shore would be my guess. That's interesting. Why aren't you wet? I don't know. I dried off. Really? When did that happen? She asked. And so on. Eventually, I like a light clicked on. He said, did I die? And she said, your feelings are true. Listen to them. You can see this place is not where you were, and you don't know how you got here. And this will tell you what you want to know. So he said, well, what happens now? Come, I will show you, she said. I stood up and reached out to him. He stood up and took my hand. And as we turned away from the sea, a city he had not seen before seemed to rise up before us. We're going home, I said. Come, that's what she said. And we walked home together when he was met by a counselor who took over there. Home was simply there when he was ready to see it. So this talented me, this wonderful woman, account of her work in spirit world, is inspiring and comforting. Knowing that we are surrounded by such benevolence, and loves to all give us the courage to continue our struggle in our daily lives. And Spiritism is arranging these messages, recollections, and books to notify us of what lies beyond our physical existence. The Reverend G. Val Owen was selected to send volumes of great detail concerning life in the spirit world to England in the 1920s, right after that horrible tragedy of World War I, which people thought, as of the Great War, the war to end all war, since no one could conceive of losing so many men again. And the medium that I conversed with told her story in 2015, 95 years after the publication of Beyond the Veil. And Spiritism told us this great secret that when we pass over, we're still ourselves in the 1850s. In a span of 165 years, the message has stayed the same. At the end of the day, we should realize we are here for a purpose. And as we go about our pre life with trials custom-made, for our benefit. We're being watched and evaluated. Kind of frightening and comforting at the same time. You know, when I, it's funny when people people talk about, oh, you know, I have no privacy. Uh, um, you know, everyone's watching me. And I, I think to myself, I said, well, you know, I think I would get used to that because we are watched in the, uh, the domains of mediumship. In the forward, uh, Emmanuel says, hey, we're all, we all radiate our thoughts, right? We all have a unique identifier and everything we ran out. So like our cell phones, right? We have our cell phones, always knows where we are. Everything we think goes out. Everything's captured in that universal cloud. It's all there. That's why if you can make great strides, if not only can you be a better person, but if you can also start making your thoughts better, right? Um that's a big step. If you can start controlling your thoughts, you are so far ahead of most people that you will be amazed when you go back 
Now, now I'll tell you the downside of, of spiritism, and this is a, a story I heard on the uh, from Geraldo, uh, who was a, uh, a helper for Chico Xavier, and uh, and he he talked about when he was helping Chico. Uh, this, you know, Chico Xavier was the great medium in, in Brazil. And Chico's mother, you know, who uh, helped him when he was a little boy, she died very young. Um, but Chico's sister, who was alive, she was she was not a spiritist. She was a, a, a very dedicated um, uh, Catholic. And so his sister died. And then he asked his mother, he says, well, how, you know, how's, how's my sister? Because his mother was up, up in heaven. And his mother said, oh, well, Chico, you know, you know, I told her to sit, rest, right? Or we'll take you to this place where there's other Catholics. Don't do anything for a couple of weeks. Just get yourself resituated. She goes, oh, he goes, well, well, that's really nice. That's, that's wonderful. I'm so glad I'm a, I'm a Catholic. He goes, now, he goes, but what happens to spiritists? What happens when they die? And Chico's mother said, well, for spiritists, they're put to work right away. So, anyway, that's your downside of being a, a spiritist. So, anyway, let me tell you some, some more. There's a lot of stories here. I don't want to bore you too much, but I think these are exciting for a lot of people. So, we, in, in physical form on Earth, we forget the multitude of souls who are trapped in a narrow band or near the surface, right? And these are spirits who wander the lower zone. They haven't had the spiritual fortitude yet to understand how to ascend to the first level of heaven, where they will be safe and supported. So they, too, need spiritual assistance to get out of that zone. So instead, they're subjected, when they're on the lower zone, the umbrella, to cruelties and injustices that stretch our imagination. And you can actually see some of this if you watch the movie uh, No Solar. And, of course, Jesus and the spirit world doesn't forget these souls. All, everybody is his children. He spends... He sends spiritual workers out to recover as many as possible. Those who are ready to follow the light, of course, will receive assistance, just like it happened to Henri Louise. So the Reverend Givala's mother, who communicated to him in the book, right, and she talks about one such rescue operation. So I thought you'd like to see this from another perspective. So this is a spirit who already had passed over, but yet didn't have the spiritual level to to get up to one of the levels of heaven, uh, this this person, this woman, was actually set in the lower zone like Andre Luis was. But she had been she had been getting ready to come up, and they received it. And so this is how she tells us how they helped her. We received a message a short time ago of the arrival of a sister at the bridge. So there's always they always talk about the bridge or gate. There's always just different areas that that people can get to. Uh, to go through from the lower zone to heaven. Who had come over from the further side where lies the regions of gloom. And I and another were sent to conduct her to this home. We went quickly and found our charge awaiting us. She was quite alone, for the attendants had left her thus in order that she might profit by a quiet period of meditation and reflection before beginning her further advance. So, this is why this is where it's so interesting in, in these books because they talk about these things, but then in these things, you really start understanding the extent of the spirit organization. First, there are guides who find a willing soul in the lower zone. Then others are notified to pick a spirit up at a specified place to finish the trip. 
from just inside the bridge to a colony where she could receive treatment. And the bridge is one of the gateways from the lower zones to heaven. There are many such portals. Each one is guarded so as not to allow unrepentant spirits entry. Only those who have demonstrated a true desire to change are allowed. Now, this another group they find they find the woman. She was seated on a slope of grass under a tree whose branches spread like a canopy over her. Her eyes were closed, and we stood before her waiting. When she opened them, she looked at us for some time in an inquiring manner. She did not speak. I I at last addressed her as sister. At that word, she looked at us hesitatingly, and and her eyes began to fill with tears. And she put her face in her hands, bowed her head upon her knees, and wept bitterly. So I went to her and laid my hand upon her head and said, You are our sister now, dear, and as we do not weep, so neither must you. Then she said, How do you know who, who or what I am? As she raised her face and tried to force back her tears, while there was just a touch of defiance in, uh, in her voice. We do not know who you are, I answered. What, what you were, we do know. We know that you are always a child of our father, and so always our sister's. Now you are our sister in a fuller sense. What else you are lies with you. You are either one of those whose face is set towards the sunshine of his presence or one who, fearing the task before you in that direction, will turn her back again across the bridge. She was silent for a while and said, I dare not. It's all too horrible over there. So another gives you a clue. It's amazing when you read, especially the book, Liberation, uh, one of the series of Andre Luis's books, uh, another great book is Memoirs of a Suicide, tells you all about the lower zone and the dark abyss below that. So then, Andre Luis's, uh, I'm sorry, Chiva Owen's mother says, but you must choose, for you cannot remain where you are, and you will come the upward way, will you not? And we'll lend you a sister's hand and give you a sister's love to help you on the way. Then she said, oh, I wonder how much you know of what lies yonder. And there was agony in her voice. They call me sister there, too. They call me sister in mockery, where they heap upon me infamy and torture. Oh, I must not think of it, or it will drive me mad again. But I don't know how I shall proceed. I am so stained and vile and weak. So, yes, yes, uh, Suzanne says, liberation is so thought-provoking. That is so true. Absolutely. I, I try to recommend that. Of course, read the books in order. Uh, the Andre Louis start with No Solar and the Messengers, but um, but then you're really not ready for liberation until you read. Uh, I think the books are for it. I, other people may have different opinions, but that, I, I I think that's probably why they put them in that order. So the group helped the woman stand up and make her way towards their destination, a place where the poor soul could recover in peace. But as she made progress, the group could discern that something was holding her back. They found out that when that when she was detected near the opening of the bridge, um, a spirit worker went out to help her. Since the spirit worker was at a higher level, he couldn't, she couldn't see her, but felt her presence. Being afraid, she shouted, may you be cursed if you touch me. After that, she blacked out and woke on the other side of the bridge, awaiting the group that came to help her. She felt terrible about the curse she made to one who had come to assist her. Now, for us on earth, the mere speaking of words of fear or anger would be quickly forgotten. You know, we don't think that that is, you know, you know, oh, you know, may you rot in hell or whatever. We don't think, you know, we, uh, to us that's just words. But in the spirit world, thoughts are action. 
right? So, and so a negative announcement could have real meaning. So Val Owen's mother takes us to the reasoning. She had cursed one of God's ministers, and she was afraid of the light because the words were evil. Truly, she did not know whom she had cursed. But a curse is a curse against whomever directed, and it lay upon her heart. So, the group headed back to the gate, where the kind spirit, a high spirit, and over desire for forgiveness waited for them. With love in his heart, he smiled and blessed the unfortunate woman. So then, once more, the group made their way to the house, where she could allow herself to recuperate from her ordeal. So isn't that, uh, isn't that a wonderful story? I mean, this is, is giving you uh, many people's ideas of what it, it's like. Now, there's also other ways that, that people help the newly departed. And again, in um, The Life Beyond the Veil, there's a story about a recently departed mother, right, helps her husband and children stay together. So it's not just the spirit world is always there helping helping people who ask for help, who in the bottom of their heart, right, should have that help, right? They're, they're good, they're trying, you know, they're good to other people, they have love in their heart. And the spirit world, it doesn't just put us here on earth to say, oh, you're on earth, you know, off you go. No. We may not know that, and that's what's wonderful about spiritism. That's why I recommend people read about spiritism, because when you understand that the spirits are all around us, you know, there's, there's some bad spirits you have to learn to filter out stupid ideas that go against your conscience. But when you start learning about spiritism, you start looking at the, the signs and signals that are out there for you to respond to that and know how much you're being helped. So, that's I just want to make sure everybody knows, and that's what spiritism can bring to you. And that's like when you read uh, the Spirit's book and you read the books by uh, uh, Chico Xavier or Yvonne Pierre or, or Leon Denis. Um, it's just it, again and again, you are told that we are watched over. We are, and you know, when I was younger before I met Trisham, I always thought we were. I, you know, I believed in God, but I thought, you know, we're we're far away, and you know, we're on the small little planet on the edge of a of, of of a galaxy out of who knows how many galaxies. So, how important can we be? But it's amazing when the more you read about this, the more you understand there is a complete, huge organization of people helping us ascend, and people work there their heart out to help us ascend. And, and the fact that we're still loved through all of the chaos and stupidity that we do every day, myself completely included, is just a, uh, a wonderful thing. So that's why, you know, as we live through challenging trials in life, we often feel abandoned. And life may seem completely hopeless sometimes, but this is how a father, here's an example now, of how a father of three small children must have felt after his young wife died. Unbeknownst to him, the spirit world knew of his plight. And his recently departed wife knew that life without her would be hard, right? She probably knew this whole thing was going to happen before she, she came into this life. So she asked the journey back to the service earth to determine how she could assist her beloved maiden children. And of course, Jeeva Owen's mother starts telling about how, you know, about her. This is what she said. She was so anxious that at last we took her and arrived at evening time, just as they were all sitting down to supper. 
The man had just come in from work and he was going to have his meal before putting him to bed. There were two girls, age about seven and five, and a little boy of two. Now that that's tough for any man and woman for the uh, five, the, a seven, a five, and a two-year-old. They all sat around the table in the kitchen, a fairly comfortable room. The father told the eldest girl to say grace. This is what she said: God provide for us all, and mother for Christ's sakes, Amen. In the spirit, mother, little seven-year-old stood next to her and put her hand on her head. Right. So you re- again, you'll read this in Andre Louise's book. They'll put a hand on her head to, to try and communicate with her and, and, and feed her thoughts. And unfortunately, the, the, the mother, being a new spirit, couldn't get her thoughts across her. But after a few moments of silence, the oldest girl spoke to her father. Dad, do you think Mommy knows about us? And Auntie Lizzie? So, you know, given the pressures of work, right, and the, trying to raise young children, the father was planning to send the children to their aunt. And the father thought about this. Well, I don't know, I... I but I think she does because I felt very miserable the last few days as she was worrying about something that might be Auntie Lizzie. Well, said the child, then don't let us go. Mrs. You know, will look after the baby and I can help when I come home from school and we shall not have to go then. He goes, don't you want to go? He said, he goes, I don't after the child. Baby insists he would go, but I don't want to. Well, I'll think about it, he said. So don't worry. I dare say we shall manage all right. And mother will help too. And the angels persist the little girl because she can speak to them now and they will help if she asks them. Isn't that wonderful? Now the father said nothing more, but we could see his mind as it would have been you one word. And read in it the thought that if this little child had such faith, he ought to have as much at least. And by and by he made up his mind to try the thing and see how it would work out. For the parting with his children was not to his mind and he knew he was very glad to find an excuse to keep them. And the spirits, so, you know, the spirits went back to their home in heaven after the soldier. And the mother, new in spirit world, was disheartened. The group which accompanied her told her to have faith. If her daughter and her husband could have faith, then the both of them would combine to form a beacon of light, which would attract help. And then when the group later on returns, what happens? What's read? On our return, we've reported to our mother, Angel, and immediately measures were taken to ensure that the family should not be broken. The mother was bidden to strive to progress in order that she should be able to help also. Then a change came over her. She set to work in real earnest, and she was soon be allowed to join parties on the journey, earthward now and then, to add her little mite to their strong service. So, again, this shows us the whole complexity that people are always there to help us in the spirit world. Is that, okay, and as I've, I've written before, you know, prayers are answered. Now, they may not be answered in the way you think they should be answered, but they are answered, or at least they're taken and they're, they're thought about. Good. So, if you help others, when you go to the spirit world, others are there to help you, right? It's, it's, a, it's a group of people that want to help each other. When you're in the spirit world, it's everyone is together. Everyone, it's like living in a wonderful small town where there's no other side of the of the of the track for the the people who you know want to rob you or whatever. I should you know, is that everyone is there, constantly inquiring and say how can I be of help, and it's it's it exposes these books expose the immense organization of the spirit world and how you are helped. In a constant basis, and not only that, and I've talked, I'll talk about in other talks. But in the spirit world, you don't stop. You're not there just to help people. Also, you also help help yourself 
go from level to level. And there are schools and colleges where you'll learn about the universe, about the process of the universe, the process of the spirit world. You'll learn about everything. And as you go from level to level, you too will be given more information. Now I want to end with one last very interesting uh, piece of work of really what happens when we die and, and what's out there. Now, uh, in the book No Solar, there, it was published in 1944, but a lot of it happened around 1939. And this, and this went through, and they talked about a group of spirits went to Poland. And because they were being told Get ready. There's going to be a lot of people dying. There'll be a lot of spirits. They're not going to know what's going to happen, and people will be confused, etc. And they they went to Poland and they they saw. And I think it was probably around September. I think it was happening just during the the, the first really books great, uh, you know, when uh, in September 1939 when uh, Germany invaded Poland. So that was interesting. You know, and they just talked generally of what was happening. So then a book came out. Uh, which is great uh, by a, a spirit society in the United States. And actually, it's three books have come out so far. And this one was the Spiritist Review, Journal of Psychological Studies of 1859, which has all 12 monthly magazines from 1859 in one volume. And I recommend that to anybody who's really into spiritism. Is it's got it's got it's like the monthly magazines that Alan Kardec, right? He he was the editor. He put them out. And he talked about them, and they were just uh, very uh, interesting books. But, you know, a lot of information in there. Some information, not as valuable as others, but uh, interesting. So, but this one really caught my eye. So, there are two communications from a group of mediums to soldiers. And one is a regular infantry soldier, and the other is an officer. And both died in combat. And the battle with both died was the Battle of Magenta. And Wikipedia describes the war and the battle. The Battle of Magenta was fought on the 4th of June, 1859. So they just recently died. During the Second Italian War of Independence, resulting in the French Sardinian victory under Napoleon III against the Austrians under Marshal Ferenc Gulli. It took place near the town of Magenta, northern Italy, on the 4th of June, 1859. Deploying the Third Army, crossed the Cicino River, outflanked the Austrian right, forcing the Austrian army under General Gulli to retreat. The close nature of the country, a vast spread of orchard cut up by streams and irrigation canals, precluded elaborate maneuver. The Austrians turned every house into a miniature fortress. The brunt of the fighting was borne by 5,000 grenadiers of the French Imperial Guard, still in the First Empire-style uniform. The Battle of Magenta was not particularly large, but it was a decisive victory for the French Sardinian forces. Patrice Maurice de Macmillan was created the Duke of Magenta for his role in this battle and later served as President of the Third Republic. So, this was just happened in the first part of June. Now, on June 10th, 1859, a group of mediums gathered. They wanted to speak with the casualty of the battle. And I'll start at question six, because that. The earlier questions were some pleasantries, but the question six is this. This is and this is all written in in this book. So, what was your regiment in the army? And um, 
some of the listeners by the language, it seems to be a Zuzu, a soldier from the French colonies in North Africa. Ah, you're right. What was your position? And the answer was that of everyone else. So they're talking just to a normal, uh, you know, I don't want to say primitive, but let's say immature spirit who came from uh, one of the French colonies, probably Algeria or something like that, and went to the army as a, you know, probably a great opportunity for someone like that. They said, what's your name? Joseph Medard. How did you die? And Joseph Medard answered, do you want to know all this without paying anything back? And then they said, well, fortunately, you've not lost your sense of humor. Tell us now. We'll pay you later. How did you die? From a plum I got. So that, that's a slang, meaning he was shot. Were you upset with your death? My word that I was not. I'm okay here. Were you aware of what was happening at the moment of your death? No, I was so stunned I could not believe then they asked him, the battle is not over when you die. Did you follow the events afterwards? The answer was, yes, since I have told you, I do not think I was dead. I wanted to carry on bashing the other dogs, meaning the enemy, the Austrians. So, again, we read that in other, other cases that were soldiers, they'll be shot, and yet they'll still go after the enemy. So... What was your sensation then? I was delighted because I felt really light. And the question 15 is, could you see the spirits of your comrades leaving their bodies? I did not think of that because I did not believe I was dead. Then they asked him, what happened to the crowd of spirits who lost their lives in the tumult of war? He answered, I believe they did the same as I did. Because well, the spirits who were fighting blood thirstily, what did they do when they met in the world with the spirits? Did they still charge against one another? Yes, for some time, according to their character. So spirits were still fighting other spirits. Now, they could, not, they could not kill each other. So spiritism tells us we're the same person when we pass on. And here we have an example of men fighting, dying, and not realizing they're dead, and still trying to engage uh, the enemy. In their minds, they continue fighting in the heat of the battle. And we are true... Truly what we think we are, if we believe we are in the midst of an action and we die suddenly, we don't lose that train of thought, but we continue on as before. And only when the newly deceased spirits calms down and helped by other spirits do some newly freed souls understand they're in a new beginning phase of life. Next, the soldier tells us both armies were not allowed on the battlefield. And this is the question they ask him. Could you tell us if among the spirits of the soldiers who died long ago, were there still some who were interested in the outcome of the battle? The answer was, in large quantity. You should know that such battles and their consequences are prepared long before and that our adversaries would not have been involved in crimes as they did if they were not compelled to do that for reasons of future consequence, which you will get to know soon. Then they asked them, so, well, that's interesting, right? So, we know, you know, there's predetermination and we, we go through these episodes in life. But when he, you know, he said set peace battles, right? Battles, which is, as every general will tell you, the plan, you know, disintegrates at the first shot, right? So isn't that what Napoleon said, I think? But these are all thought out by the spirit world. They know who's going to be shot, where he's going to be shot. So this is question 20. There should have been in the battle spirits interested in the Austrian success. Were there then two battlefields among them? Evidently is the answer. Did they exert any influence into the combatants. Very significant. Can you describe 
to us how such influence was exerted, in the same way that all influences are exerted, exerted from spirits onto people. So therefore, what he was meant was each little minuscule action, either causing the soldier to miss or be in the path of a bullet, was conducted by other spirits. Each casualty was either wounded or killed for a purpose, for pain and past wrong in their life or their current life. So again, this is tell people, if you want to understand how all this works, you can read. What I've done is on my book, The, the Case for Reincarnation and Explore Your Destiny, I've taken a lot of spiritual literature, and I've talked about The Case for Reincarnation, all about reincarnation, how you prepare for it, what it means, uh, different stories, people reincarnated. And then in my book, Explore Your Destiny, what you know, heaven is like, the umbrow, it kind of gives you a good kind of... Uh, cross-section of spiritual literature so it gives you a good introduction of this. So I would recommend that for anyone who wants to get into this. Everyone has different learning uh, experiences, different way they want to learn, and that's why I wrote these books, because instead of you know reading every book that you can, it, it helps to kind of get an overview and, and an explanation of what these meant. So then, another seance was held. And he interviewed another killed in action soldier. And this time, the spirit was an officer who served again on the French side. Because, of course, Alan Kardec was French, and, and the uh, medium, he was probably working with was in France at the time. The offer was, oh, the officer was a short-time member of the newly established Spiritist Society. He knew about the doctrine of Spiritism. And the interview began, he goes, did you know about the existence of our society? And he answers, you know that. How did you see our society when you helped? To register it, I was not completely decided, but I was actually inclined to believe. To believe, if it were not for the events that took place, I would certainly be instructed in your circle. Number question six is: There are many celebrities who share the spiritist ideas, but they're not to publicly confess them. Would it be desirable that influent people would openly hold that flag? And this is the answer: Is patience. God wishes so, and this time the expression does not correspond to the truth. This is the 1850s. Now, if you read Alan Kardec and read his books, he's you know he's talking about this great you know mass of people in spiritism. Well, it, there there was this kind of flare up, and then it was tamped down, and 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 now we hope there's another whole regeneration of spiritism. That's why we're here talking, and that's why um, uh, Brazil is such a, an important and uh, Chico Xavier is such an important part of spiritism to bring us all back and give us much more information. So then he goes, from which influence side of society do you think such an example will come? And the answer is from all classes, from some in the beginning, but later from all classes of people. And then the next question is, from the point of view of the study, could you tell if your ideas are more lucid than those of the Zoloft who was here a few minutes ago, although you died approximately at the same time? He answered very much so. What he could tell you indicating a certain elevation was whispered to him. He is very good, but very ignorant and a bit frivolous. You see, again, you see it all the time in the books by Andre Luis. Are you still interested in the success of our army? Because more than ever since I'm aware of the objective. Now, that is it. He's aware of the objective. So it's not the same objective as the French general, I'm sure. Can you define your thoughts? Objectives have always been publicly acknowledged. And in your position, you should know it after all. This is what he answers. The objective established by God. Do you know it? Everything we do has really another thing. Everything we do is is meaning something else. So 
you know, and this is like in the observation that Alfred echoes, one cannot ignore the seriousness and extent of that answer. When alive, he knew people's objective. As a spirit, he sees what is providential in the events. So in general terms, what do you think about wars? And for the answer, I wish you progress so rapidly as to make them impossible and useless. Do you believe such a day will come when war will be impossible and useless? Yes, no doubt. I can tell you that such a moment is not as distant as you may think, although I'm not giving you the hopes that you would see that. Of course, this is 1859, and now we're in 2017, so of course they wouldn't see that. At the time of death, did you promptly recognize yourself? I recognized that almost immediately thanks to the vague notions I had about spiritism. So again, this is where spiritism really helps you. When you pass over, he goes, oh, okay. Because could you tell something about uh, Mr. So-and-so also deceased in battle? And they said, well, he's still entwined with matter. It's harder for him to detach from it. His thoughts were not devoted to this side of the life. He goes, did you watch the troops entering the land? He goes, yes, with pleasure. I was amazed by the reception given to our troops, first out of patriotism, but later for the expectation of the future. As a spirit, can you exert any influence over strategic plans? Don't you believe this has happened since the beginning? And can't you imagine by whom? So again, don't you know predestination? Don't you understand this is how things work? You know, because how come the Australians gave up a stronghold like Pavia so rapidly? Out of fear. They are demoralized? Then it goes completely. Besides, if we influence ours in one direction, you must think that another force acts upon them. So the officer is revealing two important facts. First, our earthly political objectives are intertwined with the goals of the spirit world. Our interpretation of events and our vision of an end in any situation is not necessarily tied to the plans of the spirit world. In other words, a defeat for one side could result in great results years down the road, unforeseen by mere humans. All plans involve pushing Earth along the path to improvement. Nations and peoples may be altered in the pursuit of that goal. And second, unseen forces are at work manipulating the actions of each individual who is part of any situation when the spirit world wishes to guide the direction of our planet. And when you see, you look back at history, you see victory accomplished against all odds or all logic, an army defeated by some quirk of fate, know well the immense power of the spirit realm behind the scenes. So, I just want to say thanks for everyone, and thanks for uh, Suzanne for for uh, writing me comments. I really appreciate you being part of our program, and I want to wish everyone God bless. I will put the ending credits on, but again, before I go, please um, go out to the NW, Northwest, Northwest Spiritism, nwspiritism.com, Read the articles, read what you can, learn about spiritism. I tell you, it has made my life so much better, so uh, so much calm and, and easier. So I recommend that to everyone, too. And God bless all of you. And I will see you again. Remember, tell your friends, Sundays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, we have this live show on Kardak Radio. Oh, I've been saying on Kardak Radio. Uh, I was talking to Vanessa earlier today. She says viewership is is um, growing by leaps and bounds. You can get that 24 hours a day, Kardec Radio, at, on your Android device. Oh, thank you, uh, Karen. It's nice following along with an American speaker. Oh, thank you. Uh, hopefully there will be many more. I'll just be one of the 
of a huge crowd. Um, but yet, on your you go to um, your uh, your PlayStation or your you know, your App Store on on the iOS your Apple device, look up Kardec, K A R D E C, uh, radio, and um, you can get that app for free, of course, and you can just hear me. If you want, if you're you know, somewhere in your car or whatever, you can hear me speak and hear all sorts of other people speak. It's 24 hours a day. There's always a spiritist program going on. Anyway, God bless all of you, and uh, hopefully I will see you uh, next week. Oh, thank you. I would like to thank everyone for listening to our program on Cardac Radio and to point you in the direction to find more information about the around us. You can visit my blog at www.nwspiritism.com. Again, that is www.nw, as in Northwest, spiritism.com. And if you are ever in the Northwest, I certainly would welcome to have you come to our meeting on Bainbridge Island near Seattle in the state of Washington. Many blessings to all of you, and please continue to explore spiritism and the spirit world around us.